So we've been reading and preaching through Matthew. And as we have, I want to remind you of something. He is risen and all authority over heaven and earth has been given to him. All of it. It's all about him. And so this weekend, this Easter weekend, as we look to Jesus' death and his resurrected life, I want to ask you a question. What does it mean to follow Jesus? The Gospels talk a lot about following Jesus. Matthew alone, the Gospel that we're studying through 25 times, Matthew explicitly talks about following Jesus. Here in Matthew chapter 8, where we find ourselves this Easter weekend, we see two examples of following Jesus. It's a critical question, and we know it's an important question because just a few verses before in chapter 7, Jesus explains to us that there will be many who thought they were following him, many who will call him Lord, who will give these like works, these actions, these things that they did in definition of what it means to follow him, and yet he will say back to them, depart from me, I never knew you. They thought they were following Jesus, but in reality, they weren't. And so it makes it a critical question for us. See, most of us know that it is by God's grace that we are saved through faith. Ephesians 2, Galatians 2 makes us so incredibly clear to us. But perhaps what some of us ignore, and in large part a Christian culture in which we live in ignores, is the very reality that true saving faith in Jesus is death to self and life in Jesus. See, Jesus isn't an add-on to our life. We don't just take him and plug him into us. We die to self and follow him and find life in him. That's why a famous theologian once categorized it and said it this way. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Jesus isn't something we get to just tack onto our life. It is completely transformational. It is death to self. And obviously that makes us uncomfortable. That is brutal hard. It is so difficult. And perhaps that's why we've watered down even our own assurance of salvation, the evidence of our faith to remembering a past practice or a past method you know uh, do you follow Jesus yeah I started going to this church I raised my hand I, I filled out a card I asked Jesus into my heart I prayed this prayer I, I made this decision but the problem in that is while that is a vehicle that may very well be an expression of saving faith scripture doesn't teach any of that Instead, Jesus says, 
In Matthew 16 to his disciples, verse 24, Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's our big truth this Easter morning, or at least our first one. An authentic disciple dies to self and follows Jesus. I told you we were in Matthew chapter 8, and by the time we're in chapter 8, there is this momentum that is building. Jesus has been preaching sermons like the Sermon on the Mount that we went through as a church. And in chapter 8, we're beginning to see all these miraculous things that he's doing. He's healing people. He's casting out demons. He is clearly operating with a level of authority unlike anyone else. And so he is accumulating these followers, these disciples, who are attempting to add him on to their life. They're called disciples because they were, in fact, engaged in the movement. They were following Jesus to a point. They were even serving in his ministry. However, right here in chapter 8, you're going to begin to see a pattern as we walk through Matthew. It is a pattern that Jesus, it's documented in Jesus' ministry throughout all of the Gospels. Jesus is going to challenge their faith. He is going to confront their faith with extreme challenges. And as a result, many will walk away from Jesus. Many will be unwilling to repent, to deny themselves, to die to self, and find life in him. And so Matthew chapter 8 verse 18 begins to list out two of these examples. Verse 18, now when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. And leave the dead to bury their own dead. First thing, following Jesus challenges my citizenship. Teacher, I, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus here in beginning this trend introduces a really deep sacrificial reality. The son of man has no place to lay his head. If you're going to follow me, you need to know something. This is not my home. There is not security for me here. There is not comfort for me here. This is not my home. In fact, the animals have more of a home in this world than I, the Creator, do. See, the Jesus follower does not belong to this world. And so we cannot add Jesus to our home. We do not add Jesus to our kingdom. Instead, we follow him into his kingdom. In light of who Jesus is and all of his authority, we die to comfort. 
in this world. We die to our nationalism. We die to our subcultures. We die to all those types of things that we would hold on to that would make this feel like home. And we submit all of them because of who he is. See, following Jesus changes my values. Another disciple comes up and says, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said, follow me. Leave the dead to bury their own dead. See, we live in a setting where we have so many of those partially true slogans. We've heard it said, things like, you know, it's all about relationships. In the South, we like to say, it's all about family. Well, not according to Jesus. Not according to our scriptures. According to our scriptures, it is all about death to self and life in Jesus. By the grace of God through faith. Jesus doesn't add into our family traditions and our practices. See, in our culture and in our traditions and in our preferences, we hold them all in submission to his authority. Death to self. Life in Jesus. Luke chapter 9 parallels this same section here in Matthew And Luke's account adds yet another example. I want to read it to you. Luke chapter 9 verse 61. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Following Jesus changes my sense of urgency. This disciple says, let me go back. Let me say goodbye first. Let me get things in order, and then I'll come. And Jesus says, no, you can't look back. Jesus' followers don't look back to themselves. They look forward to Jesus. All of our passions, all of our relationships, all of our possessions are held in submission to his authority. Listen to Matthew chapter 10. Picking up in verse 34, Jesus says, Do not think I have come to bring peace to earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Verse 37, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. For whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Again, Matthew 16, verse 24, Jesus tells the disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? And what shall a man give in return for his soul? Luke 14, 33, Jesus says, So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. When Christ calls a man, he bids him 
come and die. Death to self. Life in Jesus. See, the gospel is filled with examples like these. Matthew will be filled with more examples like these. Those who followed to a point, those who desired to a point, those who believed to a point. And in these examples, notice that Jesus confronts their partial faith. And he lays out these extreme examples in front of them. Leave your home. Leave your family. Don't say goodbye. Sell everything you own. Eat my flesh and drink my blood, he says. And so many walked away. And yet Jesus did not compromise the principal response. Not once does Jesus soften that principal expectation that it is death to self and life in Christ that defines saving faith. He calls us to be like Abraham with Isaac. We may not understand what we are being called to do. And yet the expectation is you are my God and I will follow you. Jesus exposed and rejected their idea of a partial following. Notice, they had desire and they had a degree of belief. But they lacked a faith that would die to self. See, there is no following Jesus without death to self. A Jesus follower doesn't have to sell everything. Jesus' father doesn't have to leave behind their family. But a Jesus follower cannot be unwilling. The Jesus follower's actions may fall short, but their conviction in faith is willing. We may fall short in our actions. We may again and again fall in our sin. But in our faith response, in our conviction response, we are crying out, death to self. I have nothing to offer. And all life is found in you. This world has no authority and no place for me. All of it is in you. And so if Jesus challenged your faith this morning and said, leave it all, would you walk away? Would you search for a version of Jesus that would let you live? Or would you respond like Peter, who in John chapter 6, after many disciples had walked away, verse 66, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him, 67. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter's response, he probably doesn't ever understand every detail, but what he knows Death to self, life 
in Jesus. And so this Easter, we have an example that in Jesus' death and now in his resurrection, we are called to follow him, to lay down our life that we might live. Would you pray with me? I'm going to ask you to take just a moment and ask the Lord to do what he did with those disciples, to challenge their faith. Father, search our hearts. If there are some, Father, even many, who like these examples, follow to a point, but are void of the faith that leads them to lay down their life as you did. For these examples, expose us, teach us, and call us to follow you. I'm going to give you just a moment. to pray, and to ask God to do this work of revelation in your mind and your heart right now. Seize the moment. Pray to him. In scriptures, Jesus prayed and said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies... It will bear much fruit. Father, I pray in this moment that you've given us here, gathering together as your people. Lord, coming from so many different backgrounds and so many different understandings of what it really means to follow you, I ask you to give us a supernatural understanding. Lord, even the capacity to do what we cannot do in our own strength, and that's turn from self and follow. We cannot do that of our own strength. So, Lord, I pray as your word is continued to be taught, as we gather here, Lord, that you will guide us to respond to your word, empowered by your spirit, for your name and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. I'm going to continue on with the message now and part two of what does it really mean To follow the Lord Jesus. The message of the Lord Jesus in the Gospels, and particularly in the Gospel of Matthew, as Daniel has just said, is this. Jesus' message is to come and die. And that on the other side of that death to self is life in Christ. Now, I think we can be honest with each other here this morning and say that is a difficult message to hear. We were really honest, the idea of dying to self, let's be honest and say it's a countercultural message. The message that you're hearing in today's culture is nowhere near death to self. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Our, our day, the spirit of our age is one of self-esteem, self-confidence, self-determination. Look within yourself, be true to yourself. And here's Jesus coming along and saying no. It's a call to die to self. It's an unnatural message. 
in our own understanding, our best understanding, we are naturally selfish. We are naturally self-centered. We are naturally self-seeking. We look within ourselves. I will, I am, I can, I need, I want, all the I. That's what's natural to us. And here comes Jesus and says, no. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his own life, you lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake, then you'll find life. In God's economy, death precedes life. Death precedes life. This message is supernatural. You and I don't even have the capacity in and of ourselves to die to self. So, Jesus, you're calling us to do something we can't even do of our own strength, right? It's not natural, it's supernatural. The capacity to turn from self in saving faith, follow Jesus, lay down our lives, follow Him is a spirit-wrought, grace-empowered gift from God Himself. So you put all that together this morning and then hopefully many of you even here this morning are asking this question, okay then, what is the biblical right response to this call of Jesus to deny myself and to follow beyond the cultural understanding that Daniel talked about well I walked an aisle I signed a card and then there's no change of our life whatsoever what is that biblical response that Jesus is calling for you don't have to look these up let me just share a few more verses with you from the gospel of Mark chapter 1 verse 14 and 15 Jesus says this Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. What is our response to be? Jesus said it is one of repentance and it is one of faith. Those two go together. He says in another place in the gospel, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In John chapter 6, Jesus says, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom God has sent. So in all this we're hearing this morning of death to self and dying to self and following Christ, which is the biblical call of following Jesus, what does that look like? How do I do that? Here's another idea I want you to hear this morning. Jesus calls for repentance and faith in response to the message of the gospel. Repentance and faith. Repentance is a, is a word that we use from time to time. R repentance simply means a turning from. Repentance is an act of the will. It is a turning from. It is an abandoning, a rejecting of any notion that I am righteous. It is, an, it is an abandoning of any notion that I can earn righteousness. It is a rejecting that there is any good in me. It is a genuine turning from sin toward God. It is an ongoing turning away. This is huge. Listen to this. It is an ongoing attitude of turning away 
from anything that hinders my life in Christ. See, in ourselves, there is no life, only death. Only life is found in Christ. So if we deceive ourselves to think we can find life within or trusting our own way, Jesus lovingly says, no. It's death to self. It's a repentance, a turning from self. It's the Jews of his day that Jesus called them to turn from trusting in their Jewishness. It's the same call that would come to us today in 2021 and in our religious culture of the South that we would turn from our religious accomplishments or, our, or something that we have done in our youth or some decision we had made at some point or anything that will keep us from a desperate clinging and faith to the person and work of Jesus Christ and Him alone. The call is repentance. The call is faith. Faith is the other side of repentance. They go together. Repentance is a turning from. Faith is a turning to. Following death to self, a turning from self, there is a clinging to. Faith is a turning to. It's not an emotion or a feeling that I conjure up. It is a spirit-enabled, desperate clinging to Jesus and His finished work of dying on the cross for your sin, raising from the dead for our justification. It is, it is Peter saying, where else would I go, Lord? It is not the faith of the other characters we see in the Gospel of Matthew that say, oh yeah, I want to follow, but first, let me go. First, let me take care of. Now it's Peter that says, where else can we go? Repentance and faith work together, a turning from self and a clinging in desperate trust in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if I'm you, I'm sitting there this morning and I'm asking a question, something like this. Okay, Pastor Mike, I hear that call of repentance that the Bible calls us to and this act of faith, this ongoing posture of faith in Christ and His finished work. But that sounds like a human work to me. That sounds like something I do. I I thought salvation was by grace alone. Here's the question you've got to be asking. What about grace? I thought it was all of grace. How does this call of Jesus to repent and believe work with grace? How does that work together? 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says this, In the hope that God will grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. Repentance is a gift from God. Ephesians chapter 2 says, You were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God... Do you love that? You were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. All right, Pastor Mike, help me work all that out. How does it work? Best I can do. Ready? It is God who makes us alive. 
It is God who enables faith. It is God who grants repentance. All as an undeserved act of His grace toward us who are undeserving. And at the same time, what is called the new birth Regeneration is a work of God's grace whereby believers become new creatures in Christ Jesus. It is a change of heart wrought by the Holy Spirit through conviction of sin. And it is demonstrated by faith in Christ and repentance toward ourselves, repentance towards God. In other words, salvation is a work of God's grace, yes. But that work of God's grace is demonstrated outwardly in repentance, a turning of ourselves, an ongoing posture of turning from ourselves, an ongoing posture of faith that endures. It endures through our life. Repentance and faith are inseparable experiences of grace. Repentance and faith are tangible evidences in our lives of God's saving grace. Yes, it's all by God's grace. But saving grace in our lives will enable us and empower us like Peter to say, Lord, where else would I go? God's saving grace in our life would not leave us to say, yeah, Lord, I want to follow you, but first let me go. You fill in the blank. It's all a work of God's grace, but it is demonstrated by repentance from sin, turning toward Christ in genuine saving faith. Pastor Mike, I get all that. I think I'm understanding that. What then is on the other side of repentance and faith? Jesus says it this way. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. Big truth at the beginning was this. An authentic disciple dies to self and follows Jesus. Here's the second big truth. you got to hear this. An authentic disciple finds life in Jesus. See, in God's economy, death to self, repentance, turning from, clinging to Jesus gives us the life of Christ. Not what we can conjure up, not our best efforts, not our righteousness, but the very resurrected life of Jesus Christ himself. Listen, church, it is shouting ground to realize death to self gives us the life of Christ. And it's a work of God's grace. The Apostle Paul said it a whole lot better than I can in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. He says this. He says, I've been crucified with Christ, death to self. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, ongoing life of a believer... The life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. An authentic believer dies to self and finds life in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, we read part of this earlier. God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive. 
He has given us the life of Christ. We are joined. We are united together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. There is life in Christ Jesus. The call is to die. But the gift of God's grace is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ in us. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says, To them God chose to make known how great among us to the Gentiles are the riches of this great mystery. Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Colossians 3 verse 1 says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ's future will appear, then you will also be revealed with Him glorious in glory. And the message of the Lord Jesus this morning is, If anyone would come and follow me, be my disciple. You'll never find life in yourself. That's the lie of the world. That's the lie of our own thinking that in me is life. Jesus says, no. I love you enough to call you to die to yourself. Turn from your sin. And in faith, turn to the one who has died for you in your place. Bore your sin and risen from the grave in life to grant us that resurrection life. Easter morning we're all gathered here to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ some of you are here and you celebrate the life of Christ and you are in union with him you you know that resurrection life because of faith and repentance and the work of God's grace in your life but there are some of you who are here this morning That it is the providence of God in His grace and His love for you that you are hearing this message this morning. And Jesus is saying to you, come, die to self. Turn from sin. Turn to me in faith and trust. I have given my life for you. I have risen from the dead to give you life. Come and receive life. Lose your own life. that You may have the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this moment, I just want to ask you to bow your head there for just a second. and We're going to prepare to respond through the Lord's Supper in just a few moments. But there with just your head bowed before the Lord this morning, again, the invitation of the Lord Jesus is this. Whoever would save his life will lose it. This morning in faith and repentance, whoever would die to self and lose his own life will find life in the Son of God. His life was changed for your life. In just a time of worship this morning, we're going to respond this way. I'm going to just give you a few moments to wrestle there, right there in your own seat. This morning, do you have the life of Christ? Is there in your life repentance and faith that is clinging to Jesus are you following him have you surrendered everything to him is he your Lord and your master and if not this morning 
the call to you is repent and place faith in the finished work and person of Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning, you know Christ. We're going to celebrate by taking the Lord's table in just a minute, the Lord's Supper. And before that, we're going to have a time of singing. We're going to sing a song. And during that song, here's what the response can look like before the Lord's Supper. Some of you may need to go to one of these tents and grab the elements for the Lord's Supper. If you haven't done that, I'll invite you to do that. You may be here this morning and you're wrestling with whether or not you've ever placed faith in Jesus. If you're a follower, I would invite you to go to one of these tents. There's going to be people there that would love to pray with you, talk with you about what it means to take that next step of faith and repentance in Jesus. As we sing, I encourage you to do what the Bible says and examine your hearts this morning before we take the Lord's Supper, before we celebrate His body resurrection and gospel message this morning before we do that will you pray with me Lord thank you for your word thank you for loving us enough to call us to die to self thank you for loving us enough Lord to take our sin in your body on the tree that we could have life and raising from the dead to give us life And Lord, I do pray for anyone who's here right now and they do not know you, that they would not this morning walk away. Lord, I pray this morning that they, like the Apostle Peter, would say, where else would I go? There is no other hope of salvation. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus Christ alone. And they would run to you in faith and repentance. And Lord, those of us that know you this morning, we would celebrate and thank you for giving your life, raising from the dead, and that we get to share in your very life this morning. In the spirit of worship and an attitude of preparation for the Lord's table just ask you to remain seated our team's going to sing over us and Pastor Paul's going to come and walk us through the Lord's Supper but again if you're here and you need the elements please go to one of these tents if you're here and you need to talk with someone about what it means to follow Jesus you can go to one of these tents as well